Someone say good morning. Good morning. Let's uh, open our Bibles to John chapter 14. And dear Lord, as we open the eternal, inspired, beautiful Word of God, Holy Spirit, would you teach us today? Change us today forever. In Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen. I cannot tell you how important these Scripture verses are, because they talk about what Jesus said he wanted us to know about the third person of the Trinity, the wonderful, precious Holy Spirit. And uh, today, I will guarantee you, he will speak to every one of us in the house and you folks watching online. I don't know what he's going to tell you. It may even have nothing to do with what we're going to study, but he speaks to us at our point of need. Now before, hold your Bibles up. You got your Bibles with you today? Here you go. From John 14, as I read this, one last disclaimer. There is so much beauty in this. It's hard to comprehend. At the same time, there is so much mystery. I actually understand far less than what I do understand. But that is the exciting part. So in chapter 14, our teacher, the Holy Spirit, starting at verse number 16. You found it? Everybody got it? I'm sorry, you got it? Thank you. Verse 16, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another what? A helper, that he may be with you for how long? Forever. Jesus said he is a spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him, it does not know him, but you know him because he abides with you and he will be what? He will be in you. Now jump over to verse number 28 of chapter 14. You ought to mark some of these in your Bible. Jesus said, you heard that I said to you, I go away and I will come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced because I go where? Where do I go? To the Father, for the Father is greater than I. Now flip over to two chapters, two chapters further. This is Jesus' last night on this planet, so it's very important stuff he's trying to communicate. Chapter 16, verse 5. But now I'm going to him who sent me, and none of you ask me, where are you going? That was to the twelve disciples, verse 6. But because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. They were heartbroken. Verse verse 7, but I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage. Everyone say advantage. Underline that in your Bible. It is to your benefit. Do you like benefits? I love benefits. I love an advantage. Every time I can get one. That I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And he, when he comes 
This is very important. Look at the wording. He will convict the world concerning three things. The three things that all of us struggle with. Sin, righteousness, and judgment. Verse number 9, Jesus gives one sentence of elaboration for each one, and it's the most important way he could describe them. Verse 9, concerning sin, why? Because people don't believe in me. 10, concerning righteousness, because I will go to the Father and you will no longer see me. Verse number 11, and concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. Who is the ruler of the world? Satan. He still has this world in the clutches of his foul hands. If there's a typhoon and 50,000 people die in Bangladesh, don't blame Jesus for that. This past week, several days ago, Islamic uh, fundamentalist went to a village in Burkina Faso and killed 130 Christians. Don't blame Jesus for that. Blame the ruler of this world. Verse 12 is very important. Please take note. I have many things. How many things? Many things to say to you, but you cannot handle it right now. Verse 13, but when he comes, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into how much truth? All truth. He will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears from the Father, whatever he hears from the Son, he will speak and he will disclose to you, underline it, what is to come. All things know, but what you need to know. He will glorify me, for he will take of mine and will disclose it to you. And verse 15 is so deep. It is so beautiful. It is so touching. I've been thinking about this all week, and I think I understand a half of 1%. It is so beautiful. All the things that the Father have have been given to me. Therefore, I have taken the things the Father has given to me, and I've given them to the Holy Spirit. Why? That he can disclose it to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah is right. Now, follow with me, take notes. This is very important. I don't know what the Holy Spirit's going to show you. But if you are paying attention today, he will speak to every single one of us. I suggest you write it down because he is not obligated to speak twice to you about it. Now, when we started this series on the Holy Spirit, a brother in this church that I love that has a prophetic gift, he had a dream before we started it. He mailed me this thing he saw in a dream and it was a beautiful pocket watch. And underneath the pocket watch was this word, Pentecost. And it was on Pentecost Sunday. I got a similar word Saturday night. I didn't even connect them until later on. I got a word that I felt like the Holy Spirit told me to tell all of you about three weeks ago. And that's the word watch. I didn't even connect them. 
And watch means he wants to do things. He wants to say things. He wants to help you. But if you are not paying attention, you'll just go by you quickly because it's very, very subtle things, but powerful. Now, let me just go over these verses. Where is Jesus right now? Where is he? He is at the right hand of the Father. Making intercession for us. I don't even know how that works, but that is what he's doing. He's gone into heaven. These are the exact words of 1 Peter 3, verse 22. And I grew up Methodist, and I grew up singing the songs. In the garden he walks with me, and he talks with me. And yes, he does, but primarily Jesus is in heaven. That leaves something else, someone else. Who is the one helping us right now? Somebody tell me. It is the Holy Spirit. That is a plan of heaven. That is a plan of scripture. Just want to be thinking this way. Now, if Jesus said that he would send the Holy Spirit who is the helper, did Jesus say that? Yes or no? If he said he would send the helper, my goal and your goal, just let him help you for goodness sake. Jesus also said three times, three times, he is the spirit of truth. Do you know the difference between truth and a lie? or even something called partial truth. How much truth does the Holy Spirit speak? How much? All truth. Now this is in juxtaposition to someone that Jesus said is the father of lies. And even if Satan sometimes does speak some truth, it's always to get you to buy into a lie. And this is what's going on in our culture. This is what's going on in our nation. This is what's going on in my generation and every generation, your generation. The war is always truth versus lies. And the only way you can discern it is the spirit of truth and the eternal word of God. Am I clear so far? Now, Jesus went on to say that the precious, wonderful third person of the Trinity abides with you. What does the word abide mean? Well, someone said, where do you abide, Steve? I abide at 222 Stable Way. That's where I live. The difference between the Old Testament, the first four Gospels, and the book of Acts is this. The Holy Spirit could come upon people, but he never lived inside anyone until Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 came. That's why you have an advantage. Jesus could, in human form, be in one place at one time. Now the Spirit of Jesus is with all of us. He lives right here. And we want to let him have his way all the time. Now, this is, this is beautiful, and I'm asking for grace to help us see this. Jesus said this, the Holy Spirit would do something. 
He would teach us what? And what does the word all mean? Do you have any idea what all means? Is it 20% or only church stuff or spiritual stuff? All things means all things. If you're in college and you're struggling with calculus, it means calculus. If you're a realtor and you want to build a business, Jesus understands real estate. If you're in a construction business, he knows everything about the construction business. If you want to know, ladies, how to live with your wonderfully gnarly, selfish, absorbed husband, someone say men, the Holy Spirit can show you. He can show you the key to his heart. He can show you what to say, what not to say. If you want to rebuild a relationship with that prodigal son, guess what? He can show you. He can show you. Now, from my little life, um, when I was 25 years of age, I can somebody find me a bottle. There's a bottle of liquid. Right there. Can, thank you. Yeah, just pitch it to me. Thank you. You're so kind. When I was 25, I needed a job. I'd spent the two previous years running a self-service gas station. I was good at it. I went into a radio station. I had my great resume. Yeah, I got a college degree in communications. I worked in a radio station, a college radio station, and I pumped gas for two years and I raised cows. I'm your guy. <laughs> the guy looked at me, surprised me, and hired me. And so for two weeks, I sat, this is called the board at a radio station. It's changed a lot since I did it. And so I went in, and for two weeks, I just observed. And one day, they called it the afternoon drive time, which was 3 o'clock to 6 o'clock. They threw me in the seat in front of the board. And I was to play music, which I did. Uh, young people, there was something called round and kind of very flat called records. Have you ever heard of a record? Your grandfather would know about it. Well, I played records. And I played taped commercials. I had a bank of about 150 commercials, all sizes, all companies to my left hand. I did live commercials. I did weather forecasts. I didn't make it up, but about half the time. I would bring in the news anchor. Uh, I would, uh, I ran two separate radio stations at the same time. It was live. I ran an AM and I ran an FM. And in the first, at the end of the first week, this is my emotional status. <laughs> I was freaking out because I played the wrong commercials at the wrong time. I messed the weather up. I did, I cut people off. I was doing an interview and all of a sudden something would come in over their interview. And we were in parts of three states. So whatever you did live was a oops that you couldn't go back and get. I remember one day I gave a simple time. I said, it is now 4.45 in the afternoon. No, it was 8 o'clock in the morning. 
And I was so embarrassed. I didn't know, should I say I made a mistake? So I didn't say anything. And the advertising director came in and he gave me an hour of chewing out. Said, you idiot! If you make a mistake, tell them! It was not 5.45 at 8 in the morning. I had the owner of the radio station call me and threaten to fire me. I had people call me on the, on the watch line saying, we hate you. In desperation, I called out to the Spirit of God and said, I can't do this. Either I quit or I'm going to get fired. If you don't help me to do all this stuff at one time at the right way, I'm not going to do it. Can I tell you the honest story? In six months, I did it all without mistakes, and I never even had to think about it. That taught me something that the Spirit of God could help me learn things I wasn't capable of learning. Another stupid Steve story. I came here in 1993, and I had the bright idea, I'm going to build my own house. I'd never built a birdhouse. <laughs> I didn't know if a hammer was left-handed or right-handed. I didn't know which size of a saw to use. But I decided I was going to build a house because I was capable and smart. I was not capable or smart. I went and bought five books on how to build a house. That was before YouTube. I hung out at Lowe's at the, at the dock and wherever I could asking questions. How can you do these things and trying to get help? And to show you how dumb I was, we started framing that house December 1st. It was the coldest December and January in Jesmond County's history. We were pulling electrical wire through that house one day. It was literally minus 15 degrees wind chilled. We were shaking, not from electricity. And I would just get so frustrated. My cousin that was a realtor in South Carolina said, Ah, Steve, I have no idea how a bank would give you a construction loan. Me either. But I had six months to build the house. I had borrowed all this money, and I could see this whole thing going down in smokes. I remember one day I went out to that house. I'm sitting in that cold garage. There's nothing but, but walls. And I had work to do. I was so discouraged, I sat on a bucket for two hours just going, I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do this. But then I started praying. And we built a house. People helped me. We moved into that house, raised our kid. We were there 25 years we had thousands of people come through that house. We had a lot of people receive Christ in that house. There's a lot of place of prayer and meals and good times. And even when my dad, who was a builder, would come through the house, he could do anything. One day he said to me three or four times, Steve, I still don't know how you did this. I'll tell you how I did it. There's somebody that would teach you all things. Now, anything he wants you to know, he can show you how to do it. I promise you. The issue is, are you teachable? 
The issue is something especially us men don't like. Are you willing to ask for help? That's the key. The Holy Spirit's ready, and he will change your life. And then Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will bring to your remembrance. Everyone say remembrance. Bring to your remembrance all the things that I said to you over these three years. All the things I said. Now, the reason remembering is so important is because we're good at forgetting. Are you good at forgetting? I mean, last week we had a crisis. We prayed. Jesus got us out of the crisis. And then we act like he's not even around this week. You don't remember the promises in the scripture. And so we forget it's 168 times. Remember, Steve. Remember the goodness of God. Remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Thursday, a couple days ago, was a day of remembrance for me. It's a four, it was the 47th anniversary of my call to serve him. I was 20 years of age. I was a lifeguard at Myrtle Beach at a girls' camp. I was the only male there. It's good to have an encounter with Jesus when you're the only male in a girls' camp. It's good. But God encountered me in a cabin and called me to serve him. And by the way, you have a calling on your life just as important as my calling. Every person has a calling. The question is, will you slow down enough to listen? Will you make yourself available? So I put May 10th in my Bible. I put it in my calendar because I want to remember the day I gave my heart to Christ. And I put June 10th. And I carved out morning space this week to spend time alone with the Lord just remembering for a long span of time, the people that came into my life, the miracles, the things he taught me, because I wanted to show appreciation that he would invite somebody that is so very unworthy. So do you remember? Do you remember what he said? Do you remember what he did? And then he said it's for your advantage. Everyone say advantage. What do you mean advantage? Well, the advantage, the Holy Spirit comes. When he comes to live on the inside of you, you could lose everything. You could lose everyone. You could be shipped to another part of the world. You got God's spirit. You're good. You're completely good. You're completely good. And then he said he does this wonderful thing called conviction. He brings conviction to the world. Now, what does the world mean? The world means everyone you will ever meet, every person in your neighborhood, Every kid in school with you at the high school, the Spirit of God is constantly drawing, speaking, and moving. I call him the convincer. You didn't see it yesterday, but today the light goes on because he revealed himself. He showed you the truth. And actually the word conviction means to bring to light. It means to expose. Now what things? Three things. To convict the world of sin. What do you mean sin? What's wrong? 
Do you know a three-year-old child knows right and wrong? Did you know that? They have the law of God, Romans says, tattooed on their heart. They know. And people all over the world know right and wrong without somebody telling them because the Holy Spirit tells them. What's evil? What's hurtful? What needs to change? And the root of sin is found in the words of Christ. Did you catch it? Convicts the world of sin. Why? Because they don't believe. Unbelief means it's right in front of your face, Steve, and you don't want to look at it. That's unbelief. And somebody that's attempted to walk with the Spirit a long time, it's not easy when the Holy Spirit confronts you. But I would rather him confront me, prune me, sandpaper him, sandpaper me, rebuke me, tell me to stop, rather than leave me alone. If he leaves me alone, that's a really bad sign. And sometimes it's not so hard. And sometimes it's like major surgery because I've been ignoring him for 10, 20, 30 years and finally he's got to get me to a place he kind of constrained me to do major surgery so I'll finally wake up. The second thing he convicts us of is righteousness. Everyone say righteousness. What do you mean righteousness, Steve? Righteousness is doing what's right. Speaking what's right. Thinking the right thing. That's why God is a righteous God. He always thinks right. What's good? What's good for you? What's holy? And when he convicts me saying, Steve, don't say that. He comes right along and says, make this adjustment. Here's what I want you to say. Hold your mouth. Or here's how I want you to help these people. And he said, because I go to the cross. See, our righteousness is, is imputed, which means he paid for it. You didn't earn it. And then when the Holy Spirit comes inside, he starts gradually cleaning you up building righteousness. He is the Holy Spirit. And so do you like living a little cleaner this year than you did last year? Are you closer this year than you were five years ago? That is a process of holiness. And you know what? You, we never hear this word in church anymore, but it's, it's a biblical word. And I want everybody to write it down, please. It's called sanctification. Everyone say it, please. Sanctification. That means the Holy Spirit gets a rag out with some warm water and soap, and he starts cleaning the windows of your soul. And he'll start here. He doesn't do all of them at one time. He usually works at one pain at a time until you're living and acting more like Christ. And then judgment. Because the ruler of this world has already been judged. He has been judged at the cross. The verdict has been announced, and the verdict is the lake of fire forever. It is a real place. But the sentence will not be executed until the return of Christ, and we just got one day closer. Someone say amen. He is coming back physically, and he will be dealing with all of his enemies. Now, as a pastor and a friend, 
as followers of Christ, we need to obey the Lord. Rebellion, whether you're 14 or 64, will get you spanked by the Holy Ghost. He will come after you with a belt. And he punishes attitudes and words as much as he does actions. There is always a payday for disobedience. We always will reap what we sow. And the reason everyone knows there's a payday one day is because the Holy Spirit wants to warn us, don't choose this lifestyle. Don't behave this way. Now, this is not in your notes. You may want to write it down. But there's never conversion to Christ without the conviction of the Holy Spirit. I do not talk people into heaven. I do not do that. I do not argue people. I'm not going to sit down and do a three-hour apologetics with a seminar with a skeptic that doesn't want to talk to me. I'm not going to do that. I will love them and listen to them. It is the Holy Spirit's job, not my job. Someone say amen. Really good preaching today, I think. You say, well, pastor, what brings conviction? I think there's four things. One is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And you should be looking on people you talk to and see who he's working on and help those people. The other one is the word of God. The very fact that we read the word of God today, there is conviction in this room. When I share the scripture with people, I see conviction on their faith, faith, even if they don't even believe there is a God. The, a prayer movement. What's going to bring an awakening to our city, an awakening to our nation is a prayer movement, and we are going to push that envelope. As we pray, people's hearts get tender all over this area. That's why we have to pray and get in God's presence. And the last thing that brings conviction is every time we share the gospel with people. Yesterday, I shared the gospel with two people, and both of them received Christ. Yesterday, it wasn't long. I didn't have to talk them into it. They had a need. There was conviction. All I did was explain. I asked, and they said, absolutely, I would like to do that. And so it was, it was terrific. I would just say, the only hope a lost person has is someone sharing the gospel with him. And if you've never led anybody to Christ, it's very simple. It's very easy. People are ready to receive Christ. They just can't find anyone to tell them how to do it. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. How would you know if you're ashamed of the gospel? Did you lead anybody to Christ last year? That'll tell you. Now we do evangelism training every fall and every spring and our next round starts in September. I took this training 35 years ago. It made me a soul winner. We offer to you if you would like to learn to share your faith and see people come to Christ. And I would just say, if you want to make a difference with your life, if you want to stand 
before God one day and hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. Let me show you how to make a difference in people's lives. Are you ready? Look for people that are broken. You can build a huge ministry all over the globe by just looking for people that are busted up and are hurting. That's essentially all I've done all these years. I look for people that are hurting and I love on them. Just like the woman at the well. Completely empty person. And Jesus showed her about living waters. And then people that are miserable. People that are just sick and tired of being sick and tired. That's the Holy Ghost speaking to them. A person told me how miserable they were just in the last 48 hours. And I said, why are you miserable? She said, I think God is speaking to me. I said, I know he is. What are you going to do? People that are empty. People that are searching like this man Zacchaeus in a tree. He's desperately looking for something and he's going to fight the crowd, climb a tree because he's a short guy and he might get killed in that crowd because he's a thief. But he's looking. And it's almost like the stages. Brokenness, misery. They realize they're empty. They're looking. And then they're tender. A couple of years ago in my old subdivision, I was walking and praying. I've always been a prayer walker. I just enjoy that. And I'm coming up to a house, and there's one of my neighbors who's a completely secular guy, another part of the country. People would look at him and go, he's not interested in anything with the gospel. And he's, he's raking leaves in his yard, and the Spirit of God gives me a nudge, a prompt. Do you know what that is? By the way, obey those. And this nudge says, go down there and talk to him. So I just, walk, I knew his name. I walked down the driveway, I put my hand out, asked him how he was doing, and we got talking. And he said, Steve, I just got fired this week. And he had a big-time visible job in Fayette County, making lots of money, lots of prestige, lots of prices. I just got fired this week, and I'm so angry. My wife's so messed up. I don't know what to do, and I'm out here just raking leaves. And I just said, this will always work. I just said, can I pray for you? I've only had five people in 45 years say, don't pray for me. They all say, yeah. I'm people in bars, people that have just been busted up in accidents, people that have gone through a divorce. So they'll let you pray for them if you offer. And then the Holy Spirit shows up. And I put my hand on him, prayed a 40-second prayer. And then when I opened my eyes, tears were just running down his face. He was so tender to the Lord. Three months later, he gave his heart to Christ right here. I'm telling you, they're all over. All you got to do is look for these people. Now, Jesus said this, very important in verse 12. The things I've got to say to you, I can't say them right now because you can't handle it. So what he'll do, he knows you can't receive it right now. So if you can't see, and you ask questions to him all the time, you can't handle the answer, so you can't answer the question. Just remember, you're on a journey. This is not just about heaven. It's about your daily walk with him all of your life, guided by the Holy Spirit. You get to here, then you go there. You go there, you go to the next spot. And so he's not going to give you today 
what you don't need till next year. Now, important question. Are you ready? Some of you have wondered this. Why will he not give me today what I need next year? Because information is dangerous. Satan will take it from you. Satan will corrupt it or twist it or you will misuse it. So he's not going to give it to you until you're able to embrace it. Verse number 13. He said he will guide us into all truth. And whatever he speaks, whatever he hears from the Father and the Son, he will speak to you. So I get up in the morning. I'm in the scriptures. I go to prayer. I have pen and paper with me. Anything he wants to say, I want to write it down. And he will prepare you for what is to come. What do you mean? He knows what's going to come into your life and family this fall. He knows what you're going to deal with next spring. And he's not going to tell you all of it, but he wants to get you ready for it. So you thrive and do well. The issue is to listen. And the issue is T, I, M, E. Now remember the picture? What's this a picture of? So if he's going to help you, if he's going to teach you, you have to watch for what he's doing. It'll be subtle. Don't miss it. Listen to this. He's not going to drag you. Isn't that a great picture? He's not dragging anybody anywhere. If you don't want to go, it's on you. He drags? No, he leads. The question is, are you leadable? Do you tell him yes or do you tell him no? Yesterday on my prayer drive, driving through county roads, slow down, pull over, pray, listening to instrumental music. This is what I said to him, Lord, I need help today. And I talked to him about three things that I'm facing. You're the helper. Show me what to do. Teach me the way you want me to go. Help me to navigate. I will do it. And here's a secret if you haven't figured it out. Your little pastor is very, very needy. I want you to be needy to him. The classroom is the heart. The problem is always the heart. He's going to deal with you about your heart. Would you say this verse with me, please? Watch over your heart with all diligence because from it flows all the issues of life. He's going to deal with my heart first. And we have this problem called spiritual blockages where we tell him no. I don't want to see, I don't want to look, and all that comes out of pride. And pride will get you spanked quicker than anything. Pride gets in God's face and says, I know what I'm doing. 
when the Holy Spirit knows you actually, dude, don't have a clue. You don't even understand why your business is going under. You don't even understand why your wife hates you. You don't even understand what I'm trying to communicate because you're proud. And here's the scripture. The heart is deceitful. There's nothing that'll lie to you more than this thing right here. It'll tell you a lie and try to get, convince you that it's a truth without the revelation of the Holy Spirit because revelation keeps you from being blind. Do you know what revelation means? Revelation comes from humility that you assume this posture. Worship team, would you guys come on up? Humility means that's where I start. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm talking about. I can't fix this. So therefore, Lord, I come to you. Because if I'm proud, you're going to come against me. But if I'm humble, you'll give me grace, which is the power to make the turn. Revelation means that the God's Spirit showed you you didn't figure it out. So don't take credit for it. I have found I don't even do a good job reading this book sometimes because sometimes I read this book with blinders on, prejudice, my own bias. I have to have the Holy Spirit to teach me. I want to close with this. Have you heard of Martin Luther, the original one? A German monk who had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. A great man of faith. A man great in scriptures. A man great in prayer. We all benefited from the service of Martin Luther. He changed the world by the power of the Holy Spirit. But at the end of his life, let me back up. He got really bitter at Jewish people in Europe. This was the 1500s. And when you read some of his sermons at the end of his life, it's just almost like, how can he say that? He bit into a cultural lie about the Jews being the Christ killers instead of still being the chosen people of God. And he got very bitter. Matter of fact, this guy, Martin Luther King Jr., his father is named after Martin Luther. So here's my point. If Luther, this great servant of God, could be so deceived and so wrong. I'm a fool to think I understand everything because I don't. Now here's how we want to end the service today. How many have some significant needs in your life right now? Hold your hands up. You got some significant needs. 
Jesus has said it over and over and over. The Holy Spirit is our helper. Let him help you. So during this last song, as an act of worship, come to the altar. There's something good about getting on your knees. It's a place of humility. It's a place to say, I can't fix this. I don't know how to reach that boy. I don't have an answer to this problem. I don't know how to change myself. But if you humble yourself, he will meet you. Ask him to teach you. Ask him to show you the key that will unlock that door. And he will help you and be patient. So during this last time, come to the altar. The altar is open. And if you don't come, just sit. Sit and listen. Sit right. Write down what you feel like God's Spirit's talked to you about today. And tell him you left. So let's worship. The altar is open. got a song that we're going to do right now. It's a new song that Anthony here uh, has written and is sharing with us um, that he wrote in a time that he was um, struggling with some things. And this uh, is the song that the Lord gave him. And uh, I believe it's going to be a blessing for you this morning. So feel free if, if you hear it and want to sing with us. Um, but feel free to, to let it just sit on you and, and ruminate on the words.
I will rest in the quiet places where you meet with me. Come to my rescue. Come to my side. You are my refuge. And you I will hide. So when the mountains crumble and fall into the sea, Unto you and me, well, I will keep my eyes focused on the one who gives me strength. You're my refuge, strong tower, my help in time of need. You are God. You are Still and know that I 
I will keep my eyes focused on the one who gives me strength. You're my refuge, strong tower, my help in time of need. So when the mountains crumble and fall into the sea, when the earth it rumbles, under you and me, well, I will keep my eyes focused. God loves you and cares about you and is for you. That last verse, I don't remember, it's verse 22, 25, says this, mystery. That what the Father has, He's disclosed or given it to the Son. And the Son has given it to the Holy Spirit. Do you know why? So He can help you with it. Lord, keep our hearts tender to you. Keep working your sanctifying work of cleaning us up. And last, Lord, if there's anyone here today or somebody watching on the web, that they're ready to give their heart to Jesus. They're right where they are, right where you are. Just open up and say, Jesus, I need you badly. Come into my heart today and be my Savior. I give you everything. I give you everything. Now change my life in Jesus' name. Amen. There's still people here to pray with you. If you need prayer, have a great day. God bless you. So when the mountains crumble and fall into the sea, Under you and me, I will keep my eyes focused on the one who gives me strength. You're my refuge, strong tower, my help in time of need. Thank you for joining us at Church of the Savior online today. We hope you are encouraged to pursue God and grow in your walk with Jesus. If you made a decision to follow Jesus for the first time today, please reach out to us. We would love to help you take your next step. Please visit our website for information on upcoming events and how you can connect with the COS family. There is also a prayer request form where you can let us know how we can pray for you. Thanks again for tuning in.